The Luke Fickle era. I love. It's like when they they have a new pope. There's that smoke, the the white smoke yeah, that goes the, out. The recruiting. Yeah. The recruiting signal went up. The the, the recruiting signal went up again on Twitter for uh, good old Luke Fickle, and everyone's like, "Oh God, who we got coming? Who we got coming?" Joe Burrows. Close. Uh, they might be related. Jordan. <laughs> Quincy. Ah. Quincy Burrows. <laughs> Not Burrow. Burrows. A wide receiver from. Stop me if you've heard this before. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. The Bearcats. Maybe he's bringing some skyline chili with them. <laughs> the guys in Cincinnati were very impressed. With that was just you in a hat. <laughs> Joining fellow former Bearcats and center Jake Renfro, tackle Joe Huber, who no is not out on Huber. That's actually his name. And wide receiver Will Pauling. Now, Quincy Burroughs in well, the mix. And that doesn't even include the guys who were committed to yeah. go to Cincinnati and flipped. A three-star recruit in the 2022 class, Burroughs appeared just in one game as a freshman. Uh, did not catch a pass, though. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida native. He was the 142-ranked wide receiver in the country. And uh, he chose the Bearcats, well, not Wisconsin, over UConn, Oregon State, Appalachian State, and a host of Ivy League schools. The 11th, though, transfer mm-hmm. for Luke Fickle. I'll bring it over here. He has four years of eligibility. So if you're worried about Wisconsin lowering its academic standards, no. Ivy League. Well, I think when you when you see that Quincy Burroughs has now flipped and committed to Wisconsin, it's another wide receiver. We were talking yesterday about the quarterback room and how all of a sudden it's pretty deep and there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of stars. The wide receiver room is getting deeper and deeper, and I think everyone is still having their fingers crossed, hoping that C.J. Williams will officially commit. It's got to be soon. Somewhere, if not Wisconsin. But yeah, I think with the Quincy Burroughs, not only are you getting a kid that, you know, a high three-star recruit just last season has not really played, but I think one of the big things is we've seen this before at Wisconsin uh, and specifically talking about basketball when you recruit Jordan and Johnny Davis, it's kind of like a package deal. Yeah. Quincy Burroughs has a little brother who is actually a four-star recruit that is in high school right now yeah. that was interested in Luke Fickle in oh, Cincinnati my, my, and my. now is interested in Wisconsin. And he is the better prospect and the, the higher-starred receiver. Are we going to so, do like a Jordan-Johnny Davis situation here? I know they're yeah. not twins, but... <laughs> You Maybe the brother but, get the but that's one? what I'm saying. You're getting a nice three-star player that's only going to add to your room, and it gives you some nice brownie points for recruiting didn't, the younger brother that's even better. Didn't the Badgers, now this is a little different because basketball, didn't the Badgers offer Jordan Davis first and got him to get Johnny Davis? No, they, I believe they offered him at the same time. Same time? I thought maybe Jordan then, Davis recruited him. I think for, Jordan Davis was the one to be like, yep. Yeah. Now if we're if we're going about, about basketball, remember they didn't really offer Sam Hauser? And that's yeah. why the Joey Hauser, when they offered him, Freaking they were, they were butthurt yeah. about and then, it. And then when they both transferred... They also didn't want Sam Hauser. <laughs> so, but Joey Hauser wanted to come here apparently. And Mom said, "No, I'm done with the Hausers. Get the Hausers out of here." But yeah, I think it's a little two for one. Yeah, it's you're getting a solid recruit that can that can play football. Mm-hmm. That's going to add to your wide receiver room, and you have you have a little bit of extra brownie points with the younger brother. That's on paper even better. Yeah, oh, and even with that, you have somebody who can come to game days now. With family, and hopefully official that helps them on their visit. Unlike what well, it doesn't have no, to no, be no. official. This one, I'm just, these aren't, I'm, I I'm just kidding. These aren't official <laughs> visits. I mean, he can legit be part of that family. Go through the with all the go, welcome and down to the red zone for a tailgating party. Yeah, but you can go through the facilities oh yeah, and 
you get to see all the back end stuff. Yeah. You get to then freely talk with coaches and stuff because you're there with your family yeah. who's already involved in the program. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, we've talked about NIL, and I know Jim Leonard mentioned this at the end of the season. It's like you're basically even recruiting your own players that are currently on your roster because you have these other teams that are trying to to yeah. steal them away. Yeah. And back in the day, that used to be tampering and all this other stuff. I mean, well, it still is. But it's kind of legal. Regulated. It's yeah, it's kind of legal tampering where there's it's a very gray area. Unless you're the Bucks. But <laughs> with the Quincy Burroughs and the younger brother, like RJ said, now he can come and visit basically whenever he wants and yeah. say he's family, and that would give the Wisconsin Badgers clearly an inside track he's to family. show this kid things yeah. that they they could do whatever they want because he's part of technically the it doesn't count as an official visit. Yeah. And and this would be Wisconsin's Healthy, positive tampering. Yeah, yeah. and, he's, and, and he's it's party. not even tampering. He's it, part of the like, family. It's even, legal tampering. N- not even because, like, legal you tampering. know, before nil and all that, he's a made man now. He's family. When you had, yeah, pretty much. He's family. When you had uh, a guy on the roster and family came and visited, I mean, they didn't need special permission to go to practice. They didn't need special permission to go up to the football offices. You know, you. You had a reason to be there. It's like it's totally non-recruiting related. So it's like it's its own subsect of it's just nice collateral damage. I'm I'm not sure what you'd call that. Great movie, by the way, Collateral Damage. (laughs) No, it's not. It's a good movie. Um, I'm in a big 90s, 80s kick of movies lately. (laughs) Have you watched Double Jeopardy? I have, yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) Um, Sorry. But... You know, it, it's one of those where, yeah, you circumvent rules because they have a family member involved in the program. It was like one of those where um, uh, tight, tight end and tackle. Uh, who's the? Root, Ruchies. Yeah. The or, or the Nelsons, too. Great name. You know, they got one one of the brothers and the other brother is coming to Wisconsin yeah. next. I mean, it's like. It's one of those nice things about power name guys who are. I mean, more often than not, especially in football, you're not going after a two star to get a, a hey two stars. A need larger love. number two guy. stars need love too. But you're you're more offering him the the walk on spot. <laughs> <laughs> but now we've seen Wisconsin do this too. Some of the walk ons are giving up scholarship offers due to NIL, where they're getting NIL money to come here rather than a scholarship. So yeah. I mean. It's 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 for me it's odd seeing this play out and how things are are starting to get applied. I also think we're seeing different things from the mission statement of the Varsity Collective, and I'm guessing that's where some of this nil money is coming to because their original mission statement made it just sound like they're a W club that's not just former letter winners. Yeah. Um, where it's like, hey, we have a big uh, – our donors are ready to get you set up for after football. You know, uh, we'll introduce you to the business people of the Wisconsin community. And, I mean, it's something that this you, this university has done great with at, at yeah. athletics. They've getting, gotten people set up. There, there's guys right now running their own car dealerships. Uh, like, and, but no, I mean, like, not, well, I mean, I'm not, not being a franchiser. Yeah. It's their name on a car dealership. How much money so, do you need to do that? 
I mean, if you get in on the ground floor and, and they keep raising you up, you don't need any because so it's, like it's money, just given to you. It's not like a money laundering well, scheme. If you look at the, <laughs> if you look at, because we've been talking about the quarterbacks and then the, the people would say, oh, well, who are they going to throw it to in this air raid? You're going to need wide receivers. Well, Chimray DK is going to be back. You have Skylar Bell, who really flashed this season. Keontes Lewis was a nice addition. And then you still have the Dean Ingrams of the world. And then let's not forget that they use a lot of these bowl practices for finding those young players. Marcus Allen was a guy that flashed in the Vegas bowl. And then we know about his season in the portal to Minnesota, out of the portal, back to Wisconsin. He is back. Gave, and, gave and, those googly eyes after the hire and was like, eh, not so fast. But, I mean, he is back, and he had shown flashes. So if yeah. he can ever take that step, I mean, that's just four guys right there. And if I remember correctly, during this bowl, past bowl season for the guaranteed rate bowl, was it Chris Brooks Jr.? that everyone was kind of wowing about. There was a receipt. It was a young yeah. receiver that everyone loved. And it was kind of like he was the Skylar Bell, Marcus Allen of last bowl season. So you got that kid that that's five right there. And that's not even talking about the fact that, okay, now you brought in a Will Pauling who is a high three star. Yeah. You now just brought in Burrows. Uh, Quincy Burroughs, who is a high three star. And let's not forget they flipped, they flipped trench Mono, uh, Kekahuna, yeah. who, Kekahuna. by the way, is Glad also <laughs> a high Trench three star. Kekahuna. Yeah, and, that's another I mean, he was high three star. Bishop Gorman. I mean, it was like what well, that's Hang that's loose, not brother. a bad school to be getting Hang people loose, from. But yeah, that's yeah, you literally just brought in ice, from guys Go that Christ. weren't in your program already. Three, three high three stars. I had to right. think about how I was going to say that. <laughs> you got it, nailed it. And then let's not forget. We think we're thinking that. C.J. Williams, who is the prize of all prizes that has been linked to Wisconsin, the kid that was the 13th best receiver in the country last year, the 73rd best prospect recruit in the country last year that originally committed to Notre Dame, then flipped the last second and went to USC. They're thinking that Wisconsin is the favorite in the clubhouse right now. Visiting Notre Dame. And that this is weekend. that I believe that's his last yep. wasn't visit. That, wasn't that the team that first initially That was the team that yeah, first Yeah, he originally committed there too. Yeah. Up here, okay. So but like if you nail him, you just brought in four huge high three stars or high four star yeah. along with the room that was already pretty good at at least three wide receivers deep, but now you got Marcus Allen back, so you could say maybe How that's four. Sweet it is. And then the young kid that was flashing during bowl season, I like, think all of a sudden you start to think about it. And it's like, man, the Badgers could not only have four or five legit quarterbacks in the room. They might have eight or nine <laughs> legit receivers. in uh, the room. Uh, Vinny Anthony was one this year too, that uh, uh, made a few plays and was standing out. How sweet it is to be a Badger fan right now. Yeah. They haven't touched grass, but, and that's just the ones we know about. Luke well, fickle was pulling random kickers. What from was the, yeah. What was the other Vacos. one? Uh, we haven't even talked about Tommy McIntosh yet. He's a six, five wide receiver. Like he, He's uh Sick. he's either a redshirt freshman or a sophomore now. It's like the next Kelvin he has, Johnson. He hasn't broken the lineup yet. All right, so boys, Phil uh Phil Longo, Longo uh, OC. He I wanted to play this comment for you guys cuz uh, these wide receivers continue to come in and not if but when CJ Williams commits to the Badgers. Take a listen to what Longo had to say about uh, how they'll be able to recruit Jingo. these high-level wide receivers. So I guess that remains to be seen, but I that's the way it's been just about everywhere, and I wouldn't expect it to be any differently here. That I mean, the product that is Wisconsin football is still the same great product. So all we're doing is adding 
something that might entice him to want to come here and run a route or two. Hey, you want to run, you want to run, run a route or two? Come to Wisconsin. We had this thing called the air raid offense now. Look at this. Look at all the people coming in that want to be involved. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't know how people, if you are not stoked about this, you're either A, Jim Leonard or his immediate family, or B, you just had, like, you're Paul Chris's henchman or something. I have no idea. You know, what it, you know what's crazy about the turnaround is uh, basically since 2020, you would say that the running back position, there's a lot more to be desired. Yeah. Like Braylon Allen kind of broke onto the scene, but outside of that, it's like Ches Malusi was a four-star recruit at Clemson, but he hasn't been able to really stay healthy yeah. when he's been given uh, much run. But you have those two guys that are clearly very talented. But they really haven't recruited many running backs here lately. I mean, they have, but like, they've been in the doghouse or like Grendo injured all the time. And the, uh, well, you look at this upcoming class that was, we'll say, like a Paul, Chris, Jim Leonard class before Luke Fickle took over the last six and a half weeks. They, they only had one running back, and that was actually the in-state running back. And yeah. it was Nate White, who yeah. was from Milwaukee. And, like, Julius Davis got put in the doghouse for some reason. We have not, like, and it yeah, it, it doesn't matter who your, who your running back's coach is. He hasn't gotten a shot. So, And that's a guy who was getting recruited by LSU and, and a bunch of other programs and stayed home. So, But it's going to be interesting for me after this 2023 season because – if Braylon Allen thinks he's ready for the NFL, he can leave. Right. Ches Malusi's probably gone because of eligibility no, and yep, being I think, around I think for he's forever. using that COVID year. Yeah, he's done yep. that yep. So, so all of a sudden, those would be your top two guys that were legitly Big Ten caliber good running backs. Mm-hmm. Behind that, it's like, well, they haven't really recruited much or no one's really panned out. And the only guy they got coming in the pipeline this year is, is the best kid in the state from Milwaukee King, Nate White. Yep. And it's like... um. Are we going to recruit running backs? Because they said they're still going to. Are we? They said I mean, they, they still want to run the football. They just offered the the this year's Ohio Gatorade Player of the oh, Year a four star running. Yeah, but speaking that, of that, yeah. what was his name? But that's what I'm saying. It's like at some point, it's nice to get all these receivers. But Phil Longo still does like to run the football. And after next year, I'm I'm kind of starting to scratch my head and go, who's going to run the Didn't ball? They still at Wisconsin? have two one thousand yard rushers. Uh, was it two seasons ago? Yeah, two seasons ago yeah. they had two 1,000 It's DeAndre rushers. Carter who plays for the Jets, and, and it's uh, Javante Williams yeah. who tore his ACL and plays for the Broncos. But when you're talking about that kid from Ohio, mm-hmm. he won the, the Gatorade Player of the Year in Ohio as, was it a junior this year? Yeah. Uh, let's just say if he is supposed to be 16 or 17 years old, <laughs> he looks about a decade older. Uh, what he, what he should do is reclassify and come to Wisconsin next well, year. Yeah, that 12 year old? We need to talk about, we need to talk about, he's not even 18 yet. Well, well, this is a guy like the picture they put out there of, uh, you know, him running. And it's like, kind of like the tight, almost like combine workout yeah. attire. <laughs> it's like the, the 12 quads, year old with the tattoo. The quads I think it was an Instagram filter, by the way, the, the arms he did have a mustache popping. Though. This dude, it's like, yeah. he's got muscles growing up. It's like this kid's 16. Well, it's like, uh, when I saw John Clay coming on his recruiting, yeah, I was 16. I looked like I was eight. Like legit. I thought John Clay was a man. Like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I thought it was a man. I mean, he's a man, well, baby. He says something. Like, if he, this... came, he came in wearing like a Wisconsin jacket because he was on his visit, even though he's coming from, you know, in state. And it was, it wasn't like the warmest out. And he's like decked out in Wisconsin gear because, you know, 
There's uh, excuse me, uh, sir. Especially from kids from the South and the West when they come to Wisconsin on recruiting visits. Yeah. Even when it's like early fall, you know, once the sun goes down, you're in Camp Randall. And the shade makes it a little cooler. And like you have they they're just bundled he was all bundled up like he was not from the area. And I'm like first I'm like, Oh, who's this guy? Is this like a hey, an alumni returning or something? And it was like, Nope, that's John Clay. I was like, Oh, oh, it's a large individual in saw him on film, but <laughs> well, I think it, it means something being that child. this this kid is a running back in the state of Ohio yeah. that is 16, 17 year old, a, a junior that wins a Gatorade player of the year, which means he's clearly the best player in the state. Yeah. And when you talk about Ohio and you talk about if you consider Pennsylvania a Midwest state, they kind of do in recruiting, I think, because Penn State's in the Big Ten and it's kind of mm. recruited a lot. But Penn Pennsylvania and Ohio are clearly the best two, and I'm going to put quotes in here, Midwest states for football to recruit. Uh, if you're winning Ohio Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior, yeah. you must you're, be the real deal. You're, you're going pretty, to be in a lot of And imagine you're pretty good. All right, let's go to the phones before break. Line one, good morning. I said line one, good morning. Going once, going twice. And gone. I suggest working on your phone dialing abilities. That one hurts. Good sir or madam. Well, the other good thing here is the third leading receiver last year for North Carolina was a tight end. Hopefully the, the, you can see the, the Badgers in the tight, tight end, end room. Uh, Cundiff needs to stay healthy because he's yeah, he's yeah. flashed the last two years, oh, but absolutely. he's had big time injuries. But I, I'm also, you know, you could see maybe some recruiting go back to where we saw like the Wisconsin tight end room man. And I, I, another thing that they're doing with these wide receivers, I know Skylar Bell and Chimray DK aren't necessarily like the biggest guys when mm-hmm. it comes to receiver though they're listed at six footish. Yeah. Who knows if Skylar Bell's really six foot? I'd probably go with it the does, under. Yeah, it does, does look like I'd go with the under. But some of these guys that they're recruiting, like the Pauling, yeah. the Quincy Burroughs or even if CJ Williams, they're all like six two, six three. Yeah. Like these are big wide receivers. And not to mention they did bring in Keontes Lewis, who's also six three. But these yeah. these aren't the five ten, five eleven wide receivers. These are six one, six two, six three. Like they're big bodies. Yeah. Um it's one of those you like seeing those shorter slot receivers are those walk-on kids yeah. like Aberderis and Erickson and Luke Swan and like those type of guys that it's like that's we got to keep that legacy alive still. Sure, sure. But on those outsides, give me give me the Jonathan Ors. Give me the real quick. <laughs> I did this with Matt Bernstein uh, last week or two weeks ago. Kenny Heilprin. Yeah. Can we have a moment of silence for the fullback position? Let's see here. Uh, this is Led Zeppelin's "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You." Packers put this song on and on Lambeau Field, put it on high blast, oh, and God. says, "Packer fans, we're gonna leave you. We're done." Yeah. Ebo, real quick, I can only think of like what one bad punt block and one bad field goal block. Yeah. That was like every other week last year. That's terrible. Offense or defense? I know a guy that always impresses me. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Oh, Robbie! Oh, Robbie! What's up, dude? Leaves you when the summer comes a rolling, right? Only this time your, your football team left you in the winter. So. <laughs> it was inevitable, uh, right? Yeah, and, and, and we'll see. There's, there's going to be a lot of folks leaving now in the next few months, boys. Yeah. It's going to be a going to be a very eventful off baby 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 i'm gonna leave you packers 
We got it, Rob. You could, you, you could let that run the next six minutes. That would be wonderful. Um, but asking you to show us it's going to be a crazy offseason, boys. That's for sure. A lot of leaving going to go on in Green Bay. Rob, all right. So we were talking off air, and I am and a proudly supporter uh, known as an Aaron Rodgers wonk. I will wear that badge of honor. And you said, aren't you sick of getting knocked in the head, Ebo? Aren't you sick of just getting, you know, you know, pie in your face every single year with Aaron Rodgers? Rob, I am kind of a little bit here. But also, he's a, he's a good quarterback. I wouldn't say great right now. A good quarterback. I believe he'd win more games than Jordan Love. I know you differ in this. Where do you stand, though, on the future of Aaron Rodgers right now before we get into Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers? Well, I just think it still comes down to championships, you know, and, and, and he may win more games than Jordan Love. I mean, we don't know that answer right now. And and I, and I think there's members of the organization, though, Evo, that want to find out if, if Jordan Love could be their next guy or not. And uh, that, that's why this offseason is going to be so interesting on a lot of levels. But but I, I have come to this conclusion over the last few years, Evo, and I, I think a lot of people have just the way some of these seasons have ended. You know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't led you to a championship now in, in 12 years. He's, he's been, and, and I don't even think this is arguable anymore, he has been um, a, a remarkable playoff failure uh, <laughs> the majority of, of that time. And in the, the last handful of years, you know, his performances have been, have been absolutely dreadful, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, his passer rating on Sunday night, I know technically that wasn't a playoff game, against Detroit Ebo, but for all practical purposes it was. It was to get into the yeah. postseason. Oh, totally. You know, I mean his his passer rating in the fourth quarter was two point eight. Oh. Evo, his his you know, his his passer rating uh last year in the fourth quarter uh, against uh San Francisco was dreadful and it was horrendous uh, the year before that in the twenty twenty NFC title game um against uh Tom Brady and, and Tampa Bay in a game that was at Lambeau to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, Rogers has had so many of these big games and opportunities in the last ten or twelve years, guys. Twenty eleven a home playoff loss to the Giants, NFC championship losses in fourteen, sixteen and nineteen, first to Seattle, then Atlanta, then San Francisco. You know, he he's been an outplayed in all of these games by the opposing quarterback Ebo, whether that's you know, Colin Kaepernick or Jimmy Garoppolo or Eli Manning. Um, uh, even the other night, Jared Goff with the game on the line. Um, at $59.5 million next year, Evo, where he's going to gobble up 25-plus percent of your salary cap, maybe even 30, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, it, when, it, when it's all said and done. It's just it's, – it's far too much of an investment uh, for a quarterback who's going to turn 40 next year. If, if this was Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or – you know, uh, Josh Allen right now in their prime Evo at 25, six, seven years old, that that's absolutely fine. You can put that kind of price tag on the quarterback, but, but Aaron just doesn't command that kind of money anymore. He's not that kind of player. He's at 22 games in a row now without 300 yards passing. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm not going to kill all our time here today by outlining, you know, his failures in, in, in the postseason. He, he's been a, he's been a really high level, obviously, regular season quarterback Ebo, but all we remember, you know, for, for an, in terms of legacies and, and histories of players, I shouldn't say all we remember, but it jumps to the forefront is, is what did you do for, for an organization in the, in the playoffs? And now you've, you know, you've heard a lot of, and I, and, and you know, I've been beating this drum now for the, 
for the last several years, and and I get beat up for it on Twitter and by you <laughs> no, know by, get beat by up on Twitter. All of us do. This is fine. Yeah, I, 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 you know, the the Rogers apologists will jump out and call me names and that kind of stuff. But I you know, never, it, it really I has. Never, Rob. I would never. It really has become a national narrative, though. You know, the comparisons to a James Harden or you know other other players in various sports that have just just never delivered in the in the in the playoffs. And you know. If, and you know, kudos to Aaron for 2010. He, he was he was terrific in that run to the Super Bowl. But really, Evo in the in the in the 12 years since then, uh, he just he has not delivered in the in the biggest moments. So you know, I, I I'm just of the mindset. You know what? What's the definition? You're ready for something new. You're like Bob Seger. You want to turn well, the page, right, Rob? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, at some point, you rip off the bandaid, right? You turn the page. The definition of of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting a different result. There's no reason to expect a different result in Green Bay next year, Evo, if you run it back with the same group of characters, largely because, I mean, they are an absolute salary cap hell. They are going to be a dramatically younger team next year. They're going to have half the roster probably playing for minimum wage. A lot of the guys that, (laughs) you know, are, are about to hit free agency, they will have no chance. Um, of, of resigning. They're going to have probably have to get rid of a couple of high priced vets, much like they did last year was the Darius Smith. And then you look, the division is getting much, much better. De- you know, Minnesota won 13 games. Detroit is clearly a team on the rise now with, 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 you know, especially when you throw on the fact they've got the Rams first round pick, I think at number six, you know, the bears have the first pick overall and a hundred million dollars in cap room to spend. So it's going to be a lot harder just even inside your own division. I just, I think at some point in time, you start over, you go in a new direction. And, and this, to me, when you can still get something, Evo, mm. for Aaron Rodgers, if you can get a first and a second, if you can get two ones, a first and a third, whatever it turns out to be, because Evo, in a year or two, you won't get squat for the guy. So, to me, it, it's the perfect time to move on from him. Really, to me, the perfect time would have been after the 2020 NFC Championship game lost to Tampa Bay but 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 they but they punted then they they surrendered far too much power and uh you know inside that organization to Aaron which is why they've got so much going on over there that's that completely reeks of dysfunction Evo and in it, it, it's just it's just time to get back it's just time to get back you know to the hierarchical design that I think most football teams are yeah. are set up GM coach player Boom, and you go on. Robbie. So, Rob, Inspired way, today, way back Rob. at the beginning of this, you said that you think that there were some people in the organization that would like to have a change at quarterback. Now, do you, uh, kind of a multi layered question here. One, do you think there's some infighting between maybe the general manager, head coach, and, and what's going on with who's the next quarterback or who should be the quarterback? And then my other question would be, We've heard Brian Gutekunst say he they know what they have in Jordan Love, but also at the same time, we know that they continue to become Robbie. more and more in cap hell as they continue to go through this path year after year as kicking contracts down but uh, down the road. Why, why did they sign Aaron Rodgers to this extension to this type of money? And let's not forget they actually cut off a year of his original contract and gave him all this power if he's not their guy because it makes no sense. You just handed all this leverage to a guy that wasn't 
that wasn't your guy, that wasn't Jordan Love, and you gave him all this money to continue to completely hamstring you salary cap wise and put you down this deep dark road of mm-hmm. being in debt mm-hmm. to the salary cap. Why would they have done that? Or is there really truly an infighting where maybe the GM wants Rodgers, but the coach wants Love? But why did the GM trade up to grab Love? I'm, I'm so I don't know what the hell's going on. We're in a glass case of emotion, Rob. We're confused. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's a great question, Nelly, and there's a lot about this entire song and dance that doesn't make a whole lot of sense at this point in time. I mean, you, you, you hit on a bunch of key topics there. I'll, I'll, I'll try to address them the, be, the, best, the best that I can. I mean, I, I do think, first and foremost, the head coach has been neutered by, by this particular player and by, by this particular quarterback, and, and part of that is his own doing. You know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of questions, and, and, and they're rightfully so, and they're fair questions, if Matt LaFleur is the guy to, quote-unquote, lead this group uh, moving forward. There, there were times when, when Aaron questioned Matt LaFleur through the course of this season where, where I really thought, you know, if, if Matt LaFleur wanted to, to take control of this football team and to take control of the organization, he had the perfect opportunity to stand at a podium or, or, or say things at various points in time where – where he just simply said, I'm the head coach and Aaron's the player. It's that simple. And, and he didn't do it. You know, Aaron, Aaron questioned things midway through the season when he said, you know, the offense needed to be dumbed down and, and made in you know, and, and simplified Aaron questioned the play calling the other night guys on that final drive where Rogers himself was terrified to take a hit and he threw a hail Mary pass, you know, that, that was picked off and could very well be his last pass as a Packer. And he questioned the play calls on that series. Well, you know, LaFleur was asked about that Monday, and, and, and to me, the perfect answer, the answer that Andy Reid would have given, that Mike Tomlin would have given, that God knows Mike Holmgren would have given if Brett Favre was the quarterback, would have been, you know, Aaron needs to shut his pie hole because I'm the coach, and, and that was the play that was sent in, and that's what he was told to run. But instead, Matt LaFleur gives a vanilla nothing answer where he says, well, you know, actually a cowardly, terrified answer, guys, where he says, <laughs> well, if that's what if that's what Aaron believes, then that's what we should have done. You know, so you, you, you have just such a complete imbalance right now. And is Matt yeah, LaFleur I, I, Aaron Rodgers puppet? I, I think in many ways it's being revealed that that answer is yes, Ebo. And and, and, I, and I think for Matt LaFleur to fully spread his wings in Green Bay, to have the offense that he wants, um, to have a to have a quarterback, you know, operate and and run the plays that Matt Lafleur desires and calls, they will eventually here have to part ways and change. A divorce has to come, or eventually Rogers is going to win out in this power struggle. In in many ways, much like much like he did in the in the Mike McCarthy power struggle, guys. Uh, you know, four or five years ago, four years ago. So, um, you know. So much of what they ran early in the Lafleur era here, guys, in 19 and 20, they went away from that in a lot of respects this year. And and I don't know why Aaron wanted to do that because, you know, he's coming off terrific years in 20 and 21 where he won MVPs with Matt Lafleur, and the offense looked dramatically different this year. And and a lot of that goes on Aaron, guys, because – he wasn't there in the off season to get any kind of synchronicity with this young, with this young wide receiver group. Um, you know, he, he's not part of the off season program anymore. So you, you, you know, they're going to add another couple pieces in the passing game this off season, right? They, they, they desperately need another wide receiver probably in the draft, the tight end who can, who can spread the field. Cause they'll likely lose Lazard and Cunyon in free agency, at least one of the two guys. Yeah. So, 
you know, and, and you know Rodgers isn't going to be around for that. Um, you know, in, in May and the key times in, in the offseason, Jordan Love will. So, I mean, that, that there's a lot right now that, you know, that I, they just don't seem in lockstep with each other. And, and, and from the from the top of the organization on down, guys, and, and that's clearly a problem. Rob, all right, so uh, I have one, you're a Tom Brady guy, right? I'm just going to – you like Tommy Brady, yeah? No, I'm a, I'm a big Tom Brady guy. He's always played for less than – I saw you know, what, what he could have commanded on the open market. I, I think he's a terrific leader. Um, I just yes, saw this I, quote. I mean, I, I think without question, Evo, he, he, he's the greatest football player who's ever put on a helmet. And he's got a, a smoke show of a new girlfriend. Rob, I just saw this. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady said, and I quote about Aaron Rodgers, uh, about t- like his decision is deciding his future. Quote, he can obviously continue to play, and he has all the ability in the world to do that. There's a lot of other things that come into play, and he'll make that decision when it's right for him, and everyone should give him the time and space to do it. Tom Brady on Aaron Rodgers. Give him time, give him space, Rob. And also, if Rodgers takes Brady up on that, he'll have all kinds of stuff to rate about in the dog days of summer as he's him and on over this. Yeah, you know, and, 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 I, and I do think that's fair up to a point. I mean, give the guy a month to figure things out, but we all know – you know, when, when the new league starts here in, in early March and you've got to get your ducks in a row from a, you know, from a, a organizational standpoint in terms of free agency and who you might chase in, in that department. You know, if, if Rogers opts to come back and let's just say he and the organization decide that the best thing is for Rogers to be traded, they're going to have to start working on yeah. potential locations for Rogers to wind up because salary cap wise, they really can't trade him until after June one. They would get crushed uh-huh. if they traded him before June one. And it's, I won't go, I won't bore you with all the, the with the numbers on that guys. But but it's clearly for the best for the Packers if they move him after June one. So now you've got to get on the horn with with the Tennessees of the world, with the Washingtons, with with, with the Carolinas, et cetera, and, and 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 try to find a landing spot for Aaron. You know, come after June one, if that's the path the organization wants to wants to go and and turn things over to love, and if Rogers wants a chance maybe to finish his career somewhere else. So I mean, there's there, there's obviously a lot of balls in the air, and, and and I think they'll be respectful and give Aaron the, the you know the time he needs up to a point, though, guys. And and Rogers himself said last Sunday night he's not going to hold the organization yeah. hostage. We'll Brett see. took those. Brett took those things too long, a couple different years in it, and it really did. It really did kind of mess with with the off seasons, you know. But if the Packers are going to make any kind of jump from eight and nine, and and that's going to be hard. I mean, it really is, Ebo, just with some of the challenges that they face salary cap wise, and sure. like I said, with with a lot of teams around them, I think getting dramatically better. Um, you know, they're going to need an answer from Rodgers as soon as possible, so they can kind of start to plot their. Uh, off-season path in terms of trying to find a way to you know to, to get back to 10, 11, 12 wins and work their way back to the postseason. Now, Rob, I have one more question for you, but uh, the outro song will play. You feel free to talk over it. It's almost seven minutes long. Uh, it's Led Zeppelin's uh, "Nobody's Fault But Mine." My my brother do- my brother Doogie uh, just messaged me. He's he does not care for Aaron Rodgers. Hasn't for years. He says, Robbie, you're the smartest man on the airwaves. Rodgers held the team hostage and ran them right into the ground. He is a capital D D bag. Thanks for your time. And he wants to dedicate no one's fault but mine, but he wants to call it nobody's fault but Rodgers for your outro song. 
So that's Nobody's fault but Aaron's. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, you know, so, you know, guys, and and, and hey, th- th- this isn't just an Aaron Rodgers thing over the last twelve years, right? They had epic meltdowns in the fourteen loss at Seattle when they should have won a Super Bowl that year. The defense melted down in eleven against the Giants when they had the home playoff loss. Special teams, obviously in 2021 against San Francisco. But the one common denominator, the one common theme in all these games is Aaron has been dramatically uh, worse in the postseason than he is in the regular season. If you go and look at his numbers, especially his fourth quarter guys and his performances in all these games, I don't know what it is. I think choke might be too strong of a word. <laughs> but, but, but you know, Evo, I mean, if he's been an A and A minus, a B plus quarterback consistently in the regular season, he's been a D consistently in in these postseason games. And your brother is spot on with that. Oh, God, and, don't give him any ammo. No, no. I got to see him tomorrow. Let's, We're going no, to... Let's, let's, Let's 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 get him in next time. He can co-host. Well, He's a smart man. That's clear. <laughs> We're going to Driftless Social, a new place in Mount Horb tomorrow. I'm I'm going to hear all about it. Trust me, I'm going to see him after uh, some martinis <laughs> and stuff. Rob, before I let you go, well, you, you you owe him a drink. He's a smart man. Don't. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Rob, all right. Uh, you didn't care for my Twitter poll yesterday. Creed, Nickelback, or uh, Imagine Dragons, <laughs> if you had to pick just one. You said, the, what, the, the, the sound of deafening silence would be more uh, a choice for you. But, Rob, real I like, quick. I, I, liked, I liked your poll. I, I, I did say, let, let's get a fourth category of, of nobody. So. <laughs> Rob, real quick. Packers defense, Packers offense. Who's more to blame for the season? Who, 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 or actually, who disappointed you more? Who didn't live up? Who's the reason you're looking to, like, this is why? I know it's all of it, but Packers offense or Packers yeah. defense? No, I mean, I mean, the quick answer is the defense. I will say this: Adam Stenovich and the offense have kind of gotten off easy because they've been they, they, they weren't they weren't nearly good enough, and 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 the fan the fan base yelled and screamed for Joe Barry you know, from about week four on in terms of you know him losing his job and his head and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and Steno, I think, got off easy. But but there's no question that, you know, the, the offense was young. We, we all knew what was going to take eight to ten yeah. games. I said defense to too, Rob. And that, I said defense. And, that, and that's what happened. They, even, even though they had seven first-round draft picks on defense, six that were starters, high-level players at every level. And, and, and we, we could spend an entire four hours on this, Evo. But but you tell me what defensive player in 2022 was better than they were in 2021. Maybe Jair Alexander only because he was hurt. In, in 2021, but for, you know, man-to-man, you know, Rasul Douglas was worse. Savage got benched. Amos was worse. Um, Devondre Campbell was worse. Kenny Clark was worse. Dean Lowry was worse, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. No, I mean, I mean, and, you know, part of that is the player, but a ton of that is also the coaching. And, and I know Matt LaFleur, um, you know, said he certainly intends to bring. I, I, I forget the specific word he used the other day at his presser. Um, you know, you know, he anticipates that was the word evil. He anticipates Joe Barry coming back, but I mean, don't be shocked after 10 days or two weeks. Um, when they do a deep dive into this, it remember last year, evil, it did take them two weeks to get rid of Mo Drayton. Um, and that, and that should have been about two and a half seconds, not two weeks. Yeah. So, um, you just you never know when they get into a deep dive with this thing. You, you never know when certain candidates pop up. If Matt LaFleur has, um, you know, ops to go in a different direction. Sure. But specifically to your question, Evo, the de- the defense was a remarkable letdown this season. Rob, uh, you inspired me. I'm going to go put my Aaron Rodgers jersey on and wear it proudly around <laughs> the office. Rob, we love you, buddy. Uh, ConleyMediaForbes.com. You're the man, Robbie.
I'm sending a Farm jersey to your station right oh, now. I have like oh, four of those. Far, we're good. That's a far better wardrobe choice. <laughs> those are at, those are at home. I have the Rogers one here. We love you, Rob. All right. Well, good, well, good, good, good luck with that. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Nelly punches you in the arm once. Rob, Nelly would help if he put it on. He supports it. <laughs> you right guys right? have a great weekend. Yeah, the last time I helped him put on a Favre jersey though was a Viking one. Oh no, oh, no, boy. that's oh, that's dirty. <laughs> Rob, we, well, that's All what right, I, that, Rob. I actually, real quick, I wore the Vikings Farm jersey while I was in the state of Mississippi. You gotta have a good personality to wow people in a job interview. Yeah. I think Matt Matt Lafleur must have a really great personality. Maybe it was the eyebrows. I will say, not to sound strange, Matt Lafleur, and this is saying it from uh, I've heard many women women folks say this that as he was hired and his couple of years as being the head coach, he's definitely got progressively better looking. So maybe the eyebrows, he, he focused on them, and the haircut, he got more faded He's up. He's got the head coach's money now. Yeah, he got money, so he can do it. But uh, maybe he had a really good personality, and that's how he wowed over Mark Murphy when he had a job interview. That's what he was named the Packers head coach. Rowdy, we were talking about who was else on that list, and you found it. Yeah, so I found the list of some of the candidates the Green Bay Packers had when they were interviewing Matt LaFleur, and Matt LaFleur ended up getting the head coaching job. And I remember I was just trying to, search my brain I go if I remember correctly it was a couple of unknowns that I knew off the top of my head and a couple of retreads well some of the retreads here Jim Caldwell now if you remember he had some success with the Colts and he actually had for the Detroit Lions some success in Detroit as well and, but always kind of got the quick the quick hook and he's interviewing he interviewed yesterday I do believe for the Broncos position yeah, Jim Caldwell. There was Chuck Pagano, who yep. had a few good years in Indy, but he really faded fast. And remember, it was Pagano strong with the cancer. Yeah. But then your fleeting remembrance of him was like trying that. I don't even know how to describe it, where they had like one guy snapping in the weird. Um, oh, well, there was one. Yeah, they were playing the Bill Belichick and the Patriots. There was like two guys on the line. Yeah, there was like one guy on the line and one guy taking a snap and they were trying to sneak. Yeah, it was and they very, had like, and they had like four. Very not good. Yeah, then they, then they, <laughs> sacked, the, then they sacked the quarterback. Yeah, then they, yeah, they didn't get it. Because there was literally one guy snapping the ball and one like, guy blocking. That was yeah. the like end of like Chuck Pagano coaching. <laughs> what was that? Head coaching in the NFL. So yeah, that didn't last very long. That's hilarious. And then sp- <laughs> speaking of other retreads close to home, remember the interim Wasn't head that coach. during like a point after attempt no it was a fake punt yeah it was 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 very dumb do you think mark murphy pulled out that film is like what's this can you explain this in your job interview like what's this no no thanks but no thanks old retreads close to home who was also in it don't forget the interim head coach of the green bay packers at the time joe philbin yeah yeah. i feel like he had he has like well i might as well see if i can do it before we go any further though where are they now so you have jim caldwell Interviewing for head coaching jobs, yep. but not getting them. He's interviewing Chuck Pagano. I couldn't even tell you where he's at. The last stop he had, I just looked, was the Bears as the DC twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Joe Philbin. Gentle this is Joe. this is a guy still working for Mike McCarthy. Last time I knew in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, real quick, mm-hmm. Pagano uh, in twenty twenty one explaining a statement that coaching quote takes a lot of time away from your family, and loved ones. I'm excited to start a new chapter in my life and be able to spend more time with my family. He's done. So. <laughs> <laughs> Josh McDaniels was one of the flashy names. I know we mentioned that earlier. Clearly, he is still the Raiders coach for the time being. They would fire him if they had the money to do it. 
Brian Flores was one of the flashier names at the time. Remember, he had the Miami job, but there was the a lot of yeah the the yacht. But then there was a lot of back and forth between him, the owner, the GM, and then Tua. Yep, he is uh, interviewing with the Browns today, uh, Brian Flores. But he hasn't really been employed as of late. Browns interview today. There was Pete Carmichael, where I had to look up who the hell Pete Carmichael was. And right when you type in Pete Carmichael, the first article is six candidates to replace Saints offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. <laughs> oh, well, there you so go. things aren't going very well for Mr. Pete Carmichael in New Orleans. And then when you, you continue to scroll down on these names, fifty-one Todd Munkin. And I was like, man, why did I hear that name recently? He's the offensive coordinator at Georgia and has had some ah, success. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. Mm-mm. Then some of the other young guys that were on this list, Adam Gase. Oh, he oh. was god awful in New York. Remember yeah. that interview, that his introductory press conference where he's all like zannied out and his eyes were wandering everywhere. He had the googly eyes. <laughs> he looked like a Batman villain. And then the very <laughs> last person on this list, not named Matt Lafleur, okay. which maybe some people's eyes will perk up a little bit here. Dan Campbell, <laughs> the Detroit Lions head coach that just beat. The Green Bay Packers. He interviewed to be the Packers coach, but instead Matt LaFleur. And got Matt it. Matt LaFleur wow. rose above all of the other candidates. But how about when you really go back through and look at some of the guys that they uh had up here? Jim Caldwell probably would have been like an eh hire. It wouldn't have been a needle mover. He definitely is not the worst coach on this job or on this uh candidacy. But Chuck Pagano's not in the NFL. Nope. Joe Philbin is not a serious head coach. Uh, you go right down the list. Uh, Pete Carmichael looks like he's going to get fired as an offensive coordinator. Like there was a lot of guys. Josh McDaniels has not done well so far in Vegas. There's a lot of guys that were going to be pretty bad options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, are we happy then with the hiring of Matt LaFleur? Would you rather have, like, what, Dan Campbell? I mean, right now, if you had to take a pick, it's probably of this list, Dan Campbell, Matt LaFleur. Maybe you could talk yourself into Jim Caldwell. Yeah. But we, I mean, Munkin has had a lot of success, but it's as an OC in college. Was Brian, Again, there's no guarantee in the NFL. Was Brian right. Flores yeah. sabotaged by his own, uh, you know, upper management? Yes. The, the meeting with the the yacht and Tom Brady and no. I am you look at the whole thing uh, that organization is Tough. royally effed. Yeah, I mean you sent out Tua to go die a couple of times. <laughs> oh, this by year. the way, Tua out, not playing. Right, they announced it. Well, who the hell? What the Sky? Is it Skylar Thompson? Yes. I don't know. Because should have taken the nine. McDaniel Bridgewater's got a broken yeah. finger yeah. on his throwing <laughs> hand. Should have should have taken the the nine I saw yesterday before it went off the board. They announced redone. They announced Skylar Thompson will be the starter for the Dolphins. Um, I, I'm, I'm like 99% sure I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I heard that yesterday. It as looks well. like the line has went. So it opened at 11, right? Yep. And it was looking like it's and sounding like Tua might play in this game. It got down to nine. Mm-hmm. I would argue that if Tua was an out starter, it probably would have been seven and a half, Ugh. seven, seven and a half. I just looked at the well, line. Well, if Skylar <laughs> Thompson probably no, was. Uh, announced because the be line surprised. has went to 13 and a half. It's 13 and a half. It's tough. I just looked and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I saw it at nine yesterday. So four and a half. Uh, speaking of betting, we'll do well, the Razor's Guess what? Edge. Yeah. Speaking of the Razor's Edge, I think I just came up with the Friday bet. Ebo, it's Gavin. What's up, brother? Oh, been waiting for this phone call. Uh, you finally collected yourself after the inevitable nut kick continuum. 
And the Packers loss? Ebo, in this ever-changing world, there's only one thing consistent as a Wisconsin fan. Yeah, right. getting kicked in the goodies. God, I've been holding that ice since. I'm just getting it off now. It's, it's tough, man. <laughs> and and, and to, uh, to your interview with Robbie. Ebo, he does not like Rodgers. Man, it's getting tougher every year, though, isn't it? As a, as a Rogers fan, it is. I am more pivoted now to like more like the social side of things than than just okay. the on field things. But yes, it is getting a little tougher. <laughs> hey, all I, good I, things come to an end, though, Gavin. Well, you know what goes up must eventually come down. Well, it's what you were saying, Ebo, and let's talk about this for a second. The Packers, not one single All Pro player on that team. Not a one. Rodgers is 40 years old. Can can we run this back and have any legitimate chance at making a Super Bowl with Rodgers on that team? I mean, the serious conversation about it. Because if not, and I love me some Rodgers, Evo, Uh-oh. don't you have to see, you know, unless you can get some serious draft capital back for love, don't you have to see at least for a year what you have? I, I, I will say that, uh, to quote, you know, Rob Reichel in the old saying that he said just not too long ago, that what's the definition of insanity? You know, doing the same thing over and over again. Rodgers did not play well Sunday, and he did not play well the previous game, uh, previous when they lost the the Niners in the playoffs. It's been a tough go, Gavin. It's been tough sledding. It, it, it actually makes me wonder, Ebo, if because Rodgers, you know, you watch him on McAfee every week, right? And yeah. and you see all the interviews, and he's always so calm, cool, collected, you know, Zen Rogers. Do you almost wonder if that's really a cover-up and he really does tighten up in, in tight spots in the playoffs? Because, boy, I'll tell you, in the fourth quarter of these games, Ebo... Well, yeah, the worst of it, here's the worst, what, t- the fourth quarter of the game that just happened against the Lions, it was the worst fourth quarter of his, like, his career for a lot of stats. I mean, I, if he would have, if he would have just spike the ball on every snap. I think his QBR would have been higher in the fourth. Now quarter. before, like years past, hit the defense always gave up. The defense was always the problem. Like it wasn't Rodgers. I mean, everyone wants to you know, grovel at Tom Brady's feet. Look at what well, he had at his disposal. To Ebo's point, Gavin, if he had the Patriots type defense like Tom Brady did, when Tom Brady was more lackluster stats wise than Rodgers were in a lot of those years, he's probably in Super Bowls too. But we're also talking about what 2009 till about. 2020 he was also a younger man then and you can see that he's not as elusive he's definitely not as quick or as fast as he used to be and kind of the schoolyard mark uh, mike mccarthy mm. you know I love you big mike run around and chuck it deep it doesn't really work now he's got to rely on scheme he's got to rely on guys getting open and he's got to be protected and the offensive line wasn't great he had a broken thumb and the receivers were interesting i feel like at this point, he needs more guys around him because word. he can't be MVP. I'm going to go run around and then chuck it 60 yards, and we're going to find a, a Randall Cobb open. I don't think that quarterback exists. He's just he's too old, but he can still be great in the pocket and if the, protected. And the anchor is that contract. I, I 100% agree with you guys just said there. I, I'm thinking earlier in his career, that loss against the Cardinals, remember, it was just back and forth. Yeah, and it was all I mean, the defense, defense, not stopping and... anybody. Um, you know, Kaepernick running for 800 yards in that game. It, when the defenses were terrible, but, yeah, to your point, Nelly, these last few years, I mean, 
outside of that that special teams gaffe, the defense was absolutely amazing in the Niners game, and we couldn't do anything. Well, you're seeing the end. Like you, it, what it, you're seeing the end is what it is, and it's hard to stomach and fathom. But because he's so good for so long, he's still a good quarterback. Do you think you're seeing well, the end? Yeah, Gavin. Do you think if you get a healthy Aaron Rodgers with more uh, competent offensive line play, and we'll just say you know uh, Dobbs and Watson continue to get better, maybe they add another weapon. If they keep him upright and he continues to play at the level he had played at the last couple of years when healthy, or at least close to that, I still think he's got one, two, maybe three more years left of he could win a Super Bowl if he gets that offensive line play, has a few weapons, and the defense is solid. Well, here's the biggest problem. I don't think he sees the field well anymore, guys. It, Too much psychedelics? Well, he, he had Devontae for all those years, and it was just... You know, regular season, he would lock on Devontae quite a bit, but it would go up a level in the playoffs. Yeah. And there's, if you watch all 22 last year, even the, the, the game against the Lions this last week, there's guys open, and it, it, it seems like he just doesn't see the field like everybody that's out there. Gavin, um, it's, it's, you're seeing the inevitable end is what yeah, it is. Yeah, to, to your question, Nelly. I think the Packers are still a playoff team with Rodgers, but I'll tell you what, when they get in the playoffs and it's a close game in the fourth quarter, I, at this point, I really don't have any confidence. I don't know about Gavin, you just, Gavin, no. Don't, don't, I don't want you losing you from the Aaron Rodgers fan club. No, Gavin. I feel like it's the end of a Titanic. I'm Kate Winslet on the freaking big door, and I'm saying, no, Gavin, no. Wake up, and just then let, you fall just off. Just let me go, Evo. Just let me go. <laughs> i got to let you go, Gavin. All right, no, I, I love Rogers, guys, but uh, the facts are the facts, and, and the the end of these games has been rough, guys. But uh, we'll catch you later. <laughs> we, we love you, Gavin. See you, buddy. Yeah, take care. <laughs> it's, it's been ninety years. Uh, line, whatever. Good morning. Who's this? Morning, guys. Oh, it's the kid. We haven't heard from him all day. How you doing? I'm just kind of doing some soul searching. <laughs> You're doing a little soul searching. Are you Are you also at odds with the Packers and their and their loss, or, or are you having a bad hairdo day? What is uh, it? Bad hair today. Yeah. Um, what's you, what, what you searching your soul for, Charlie? I just, I'm, ba- I'm basically your therapist, so let's talk it out. I just uh, want to go back to schools I've been talking about, but I, yeah. I don't know where to go to MATC. I want to go to California. I don't want to live I, in I think you said Florida anymore. State before, too, like the Seminoles. Yep, yeah. Florida State because of the... Uh, no, you've mentioned you mentioned Madison College, MATC before. I mean, you know, I know you want to get out of the of a miserable Madison, as you call it. But you know, sometimes sometimes the home is where the heart is, kid. You know? Well, the, well, the one I've seen that with them out MATC is I'm still at the home, and it's only year degree. And it, well, I know you. I know you had aspirations of being. Calling. I know you called in last week and week before. You said you wanted to play running back for the Badgers, possibly at at Cal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you think that's really an attainable goal, Charlie? I mean, that's ridiculously insane idea I came up with. <laughs> I just, uh, oh, do we really, do we really think that we can obtain that? How about we set more realistic goals, like, mm, you know, finding a nice little program we want to go into? You know, something not too, not too hard, but not easy, just to, to challenge ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I, there's got to be some sport for me. So, I mean, sport? I have, you, tried, have you heard of, of pickleball? That's the, all the rage right now. Oh, uh, no, I don't like that crap. I, if I've got to play tennis, it's going to be the real thing. Okay, t- okay I, tennis, I anyone? That's kind of a, a, that's kind of a here, lazy here's, man. Charlie, here's what, as you're soul-searching today, here's what I want you to do. Uh, it's a little project for you as your, your okay. therapist here, Ebo. I want, you to, I want you to, as you're taking a, a BWEWR, you in a beer run to Walgreens. 
I want you to maybe get some particle board, some magazines, a pair of scissors, and some tape. I want you to make a dream board. I want you to go home tonight and make a dream board of all the things that you want to accomplish in life and put it on a board. You know, maybe cut some pictures out or write on there. Make a dream board. And then put it on your wall in 2023. We'll try to tackle some of those dreams. Realistic I've seen that on the news lately. Yeah, a dream board, Charlie. Let's have a couple. Yeah. Let's have some water. Maybe a couple beers if the mood strikes, and work on our dream board. And uh, yeah, because that's and realistic back, dreams. Yeah, I just don't know how realistic. much to cover on on tuition. Yeah. So well, we'll figure it out. A, just put it on your but, dream board. Uh, dream it, and it can come true. Besides, maybe being the running back for the Badgers. <laughs> we love you, kid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, dream board. We'll really work on that. Yeah. One last before break. Who's this? Like, whatever it is. <sighs> hey, Polly. Unreal. <laughs> what? So, which, 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 which part? The dream board? Well, no, no. The call, like, I respect Gavin's take, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you recall this, but I've said for it was probably two years ago. If the Packers would have traded Aaron Rodgers, they would have got a s ton for him. You're not going to get crap for him now. You might get a first round and a fourth round from a team that is only needs a quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Like, uh, I don't know. Would you realistically trade a guy who just got off back-to-back MVPs or then an MVP? And the, no, in no, the play- no, 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 no. This was before he won back-to-back MVPs. Oh, okay. This so- was the year before when he had value. Now... I mean, now you're going to get the bare minimum you can get for him. Like, you'll still get something. You will you might get a first, a late first round and a, a late second round and a sixth round or something like that. But So trade Rodgers before they drafted Love? No. 2018 or are you well, talking 2019? I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking 2019. I'm talking. Well, Paulie, I think your timeline's a little off because Jordan Love was drafted in 2020, but I also think after it, after after his first of the two MVPs. Oh, okay, gotcha. So twenty after 2020. So okay, yeah. Could you sell to a fan base who still liked Rodgers at the time that you're going to trade away your now MVP? And, and I don't and I don't even hate the guy. I'm just saying if you're if you're being a smart business person, that would have been the time to do it. Now you're going to get way less than you would have gotten then, and by and if you'd have done it then, you'd be on a better foot right now. You know what I'm saying? Now if they trade well, Isn't it about winning start- now, though? I mean, you got an MVP quarterback. Wouldn't you want to like try to win now with an MVP? We're coming off the MVP season? Wouldn't that be smart of hanging on to your commodity? Uh, well, I mean... Well, I think you got to look at the timeline. Has line. anyone ever traded a, a player after an MVP season? I think if you look at the timeline from 2011 to about department? 2017... Like I, I don't think it was much of a debate that purely Aaron Rodgers might not have been winning Super Bowls, but purely was like the best talent at the quarterback position. And you saw a lot of deep runs, but then they always seemed to find a way to lose a game that they probably shouldn't. And he was clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best. Then he has that 2018 meltdown with McCarthy. They're at each other's throats. They get a new coach. He kind of has a resurgence in 19, and then in 2020 and 2021, he was phenomenal. He was the MVP again. Yeah, well, and that was the other thing I was going to say is what Gavin was mentioning where, um, I mean, Brady always took less money to surround himself with better talent, right? So 
Has he ever been the best? Has Brady ever been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. There has never been. Either. There has never. Research department just tapping the shoulder. There has never been an NFL MVP traded after winning the award in the previous season. Never has happened. Well, you know what? Strike while iron is hot, and that's what you do. <laughs> but 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 Brady's pushing fifty, and Rodgers is just turning forty, and they're like, "Oh, well, he's uh, you know uh, he can't do it no more." You can. Well, he can. Yeah. Rodgers could be viable for five more years. If he was surrounded by the right people, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not losing his marbles or like whatever, you know, you don't, he can't do, I mean, he was never an elite running quarterback or anything like that, but he's great in the pocket. It's like a gazelle. Come on. His, po- his pocket presence. Oh, yeah, he moves, is, he's elusive. Paulie, we love you, bud. Like, we, he, you know, anything else quick? Gotta go. Um, Dream boards. Yeah, Packers suck. (laughs) (laughs) See you, buddy. I swear. Well, last one. Who's this? This is Todd from Mount Horeb. Todd. Todd, I'm coming to Mount Horeb tomorrow. Driftless Social. We're going to be drinking. All right. Sounds good. I don't. I'm I'm probably not going to be there. I'll be at work. But hey, uh, just I'm just throwing it out in the ether. All right. All right. And then I think the skull skull after that. Sneak out the back door. I will. I think we're going to skull after that. A little (laughs) down the road. I think these people are insane. First of all, we don't know. I, I don't think that um, uh, Jordan Love is going to be anything more than average at best. I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, so why thing. are we getting rid of a MVP quarterback this year? So many things went wrong. So many things. Mm-hmm. Um, no number one receiver. Defense never lived up to their billing. Um, early on, the of course it was fixed by Nixon, but our special teams were still suffering. Uh, just. The offensive line was horrible against the Lions. Uh, there are so many things. I, I'd wait. Um, hopefully, Rodgers comes back. And, yeah, I'm, not, I'm right there with you. I want him back too. And I, and I'd like to, you know, if, obviously we'll see if if he comes back pretty good from a bad year. He did last time, so let's see what he does. Yeah. And I don't know. Do we still need a, another wide receiver? I mean. Well, Alan we, Lazard's going to be gone. I think they need at least one more, we'll, we'll say, skill player. Like, if that comes via tight end where it's a legit player, then yeah, maybe it's just a tight end. But, yeah, so at least one skill player, I agree. So, Alan I Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, both are gone, or at least one's gone. I assume Lazard. Uh, Randall Cobb's going to be gone, not that it's saying much. Right, but, yeah. right. But, uh, yeah, there definitely needs to be another skill player, like you said, whether it's tight end or wide receiver, somebody that can take some pressure off and, and – uh, and I think we go from there. Yeah, and then we go, baby. Then it's running back to the Super Bowl. We go. we go. Then we go. Green light, go. <laughs> All right, man. See you, Todd. It's good stuff, buddy. See you. Green. Hey, ready? Green light, go. Where's my dogs at? Corey and Marshall. One of them. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll answer that Twitter poll. I'd say the most disappointed was the offense because uh, a halfway competent offense this year. I know the defense, we like to bomb on Joe Barry, and I'm not some kind of Joe Barry sickle fan. Like, um, Vegabond, Johnny? Vegabond, yeah. yep. He makes good points, though, so I respect his game. But a standard, and I've said this to the grant, and a competent NFL offense in modern-day NFL should be able to really score 20-plus points a game. Uh, I mean, yeah, Easily. what's the league at? What's, like, what's the average? Uh... In my opinion. It's like the Brewers' yeah, offense. Gets... Like, they, they couldn't even get the league average. Don't even get me started we'll on that. The we'll <laughs> be next. They got plenty of time for them. You just made the list. So, 
<laughs> they did make the list. So you look at, you know, when they played the Detroit Lions, they scored a, tw- a total of 25 points this year. That's ridiculous. In two games, yeah. you know, you're hitting on your red zone offense even 75% of the time. They should have won those two games and you're in the playoffs easily. Makes sense to me, Corey. Um, so I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is the key cog to the red zone offense, but I think it's more Devontae Adams is the key cog to the red zone offense because they just didn't have anyone that can open up space. And I said this too before the grand is that that's one of their bigger problems down here in the red zone is they don't have a guy that just like makes his own area. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Like, uh, you know, like Bobby Tunyon, I don't think he's going to be the same guy after he tore his ACL. And I didn't expect him to be this year. Maybe next year he will be because he'll be a year plus from that ACL tear. Yeah. Uh, but those names that Nelly read off, Nelly, that's some good deep research you found there on those names on the coaching carousel that they had. Wow. Yeah, Nelly, Nelly and the research department were in Sapotico today. They're, they're on the same wavelength. It's great. Well, kudos to you finding that because I was like, who are these guys? What happened was like, this guy is dead. Don't take him off the list. Cross him off the list then. <laughs> Corey, the research department, the, the, uh, the median points per game in the NFL is 21 and a half. The average okay. was just over 23. And the Packers, what did they average? Uh, the Packers were at 21.8. So they were about average, or sorry, they were okay. about in the median. They were slightly below average. Corey, in yards per game, uh, offensively, right. the Packers were 17th. Defensively, the Packers were 17th. 17th. So pretty average across the board there. Pedestrian. Like hmm. Dictionary definition of it. Yep. Yeah. And we were told, well, think of this, though. We were told preseason going into the season, we're going to have top five, probably the best defense in the league. Look at all these picks. Coming into the season on the offense, we're like, who in the hell is even a number one or a number two on this team? Like We, we knew there was like problems. the reason why we were so... Well, the expectations were so high for the team to win 12 to 14 games in general, and I think they should have been. But when you look at the defense, the defense, when people are talking top 10, top five, best in the league, and that's not just Wisconsin radio. That was like ESPN experts and CBS experts and whatever. I think our expectations were so high, and I feel like the offense didn't necessarily feel as good as it being somewhat average because they were all or nothing. It was like some games they'd put up 35 and look good, and the next yeah. game it was like such a struggle. It, it, you, it made you feel differently. It wasn't like they were scoring 21 every game and the defense was just letting them down. It, it felt like some games they looked really good, like Christian Watts was a game-breaker, and others it was like, these guys can't even run the right routes or get on the same page. So is the question really then you're saying if they underperformed for our expectations on that Twitter poll, evil. so like we expected the defense to be really awesome, but they weren't really awesome. And so that's, that's why they're under expectation. Yeah, I mean, you got to take expect. I mean, what was your expectation of the offense coming in compared to the defense coming in? The expectation no, of the I offense was me. It was wasn't yeah. going to be any juggernaut. I think I would, defensively, I thought they'd be a juggernaut. I think I'd weirdly enough say that the offense might have been maybe a about or maybe even a slightly better than what I expected when you look at the points and some of the offensive saying. weapons especially if you would have told me that Sammy Watkins got old and got hurt <laughs> Randall Cobb was was, got was old hurt, and got hurt 
And then, like, some of these guys, like Watson was hurt and didn't play for, you know, the first half of the season. Rookies. Romeo Dobbs had a high ankle sprain. And, like, you keep going down that list. And if you would have told me, well, the offensive line was kind of in shambles, well, the last game and then for the first half of the season. And tight ends were kind of just there. They were neutral at best from what they were the year before. I think you would say his line got worse. His receivers were very inconsistent and probably as a whole, maybe slightly worse, Same especially when line. you lose an all pro. And the tight ends were neutral at best. And then Rodgers was playing with a broken thumb. And Matt LaFleur's play calling was dog crap. Matt LaFleur doesn't use the running backs. And yet somehow they were an average offense. I I would say, and they actually had a lot of yards per game. They just couldn't finish in the red zone. And points, they were pretty average. I think they might have actually been a little bit better for all the circumstances than I thought they were. But the defense was a big disappointment. That, you got to take all it into consideration here. Now, I know the last four games, everyone's like enamored with Joe Barry and the defense, but you got to look at the totality of it all. The defense clearly was the more disappointing unit. I would still push back on that a little bit. Well, I good. Think That's we, why we have some I, open dialogue here. I love it. I, I, I have a feeling that we have a bit of recency bias because we see these dumb, and like I agree, there's been points in the, some of those games where the defense are like, what are they doing here? Why are they lining up like this? <laughs> Why is Jair Alexander way, 10 yards off of the number one right. receiver? Right I, I tend oh, to look at short. it this way. It's like, okay, how many games were they were they on defense absolutely just blown off the field? And you could probably count on one hand. Like, you can look at the Philly game. You could look at the first Vikings game. And there's probably two or three more in there where they were just blown off the field. I mean, there was a point where the Packers defense made t- Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones. Right. Uh, Zach, no, Bailey Zappi. Zach Wilson and so, was. And Zach Wilson, and so, like all pros. And so my point, though, I'm trying to make is that <laughs> if so, is the defense Wilson. still playing that, like not completely awesome in those four or five games, the remaining games that they lost, so you could say, well, like there's three or four okay. games that they still lost that the offense have played to a league average. That's where I'm kind of coming from. Don't you from. feel like, like it's frustrating, Corey? Because I, I, I hear you, Corey. In a lot of those games, the Packers, if you're watching them, the Packers, if they make just a just, couple just, of just, couple just, of extra plays or maybe lack of turnovers or just little penalties that are stupid, it's like there was, say, say they had about six or seven losses that came down to just a few plays of this them just being dumb or just being unlucky it's like it was very frustrating yeah exactly where it's like if those it was fe- like, like hey, how about you don't sometimes. shove a trainer i don't know <laughs> if those few plays go their way <laughs> we're mean. still probably talking about a 12 win team that's exactly it and then that's what it kind of well obviously means we all know that in the nfl is only probably a handful, ten plays here and there in a game or in a season. Yeah, I mean that's but that's why I, season, right? that's why I but, get frustrated with Lafleur because it's like LaFron. you're the head guy that's supposed <laughs> to be in charge and like putting people in their place, and you La have bum. to be the leader. And it just felt like he was just kind of on the sidelines. He's a puppet. La eyebrows. That's all he is. He is a puppet. La puppet. I'm your puppet. That's and Mark do. Murphy, or who's the puppet master? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, mm, yeah. he is. He's pulling the strings behind the scenes just like James Hetfield would be doing in uh, a master puppet <laughs> yeah, yeah, album. Yeah. So, Corey, always a pleasure, fine. brother. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah, you guys take it easy.